Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk, your off-season editions here of the OTHT. Yeah, OTHT. Why don't we call it that, Justin? That's a good question. OTHT. Uh, no, Overtime Hockey Talk, we are uh, enjoying our summer, I'll say. Yeah, I don't. It's been pretty muggy out, I will say that. It has Don't been. like it, but... Definitely, uh, definitely not good for hockey. No, my ice rink is is very melted. It's a melt. It's a, mel- <laughs> it's a pond in my backyard. Uh, so, co-host Justin Baker. Sorry, I forgot to yeah, forget to toss you whatever toss you in there. But uh, today on the show, because there's just you know so much action happening, I think that on like maybe once a day, once every other day, Elliot Friedman's tweeting things, and I'm wondering if it's just like an intern back at the cbc studios or something or probably Net, whatever and they're they're just he's like all right if if the, if anybody texts you just just feel free to tweet it out because <laughs> he's he's done no it's I, I mean it's so easy for him to tweet out which is it's kind of cool you know now it's just easy for a guy to tweet a couple things out here and there throughout the summer but of course he's just been tweeting things about arbitration and it's, it's nice that things. my Twitter feed isn't blowing up with Mitch Marner crap every other Yeah, that's kind of taking a little bit of a pause. Um, with that, what we want to do, we're going to talk two things. We're going to talk best remaining RFA, UFA stuff, the, maybe more on the unrestricted because there's a few more possibilities as to where they can go. We'll, of course, talk some Patrick Line because there's been a lot of play with him. And then we're going to get to fixing the NHL. In our estimation, the NHL is broken. And don't worry, we're here to fix it. We will repair the NHL. If they if they just listen to this damn show, the NHL would be so much better. And this some of it will be CBA related. Some of it will just be on ice related. But we'll have some fun with that. Uh, so let's just jump right into the RFAs because let, I'll just throw out the names of the, the significant RFAs that are still yet to sign. There's Brock Besser who... As far as we know, there's been no negotiations the last we heard. They, they haven't even started negotiations, as far as we've heard. Uh, Kyle Connor, Patrick Laine, Mitch Marner, Braden Point, Miko Rantanen, Matthew Kachuk, Charlie McAvoy, Ivan Provorov, Jacob Truba, Zach Wierenski, and then uh, we'll toss David Riddich, goaltender for uh, for Calgary, as, as we like to call him, David Ritchie. And... Uh, <laughs> Glad you remembered. Yes. Uh, I mean, there's other guys, too. I mean, there's Will Butcher, Pavel Bujanevich, and Joel Edmondson. There's some other good players. As my estimation, right now, you could make maybe one of the best teams in the NHL just with the RFAs that aren't signed. And then sprinkle in Patrick Marlowe and Joe Thornton, and you'll be all set. Dude, love it. Uh, Out of those names, are there any names that are jumping out at you that you think are going to move? Those are the only ones I care about. You don't like Brock Besser. I don't think he's going anywhere. He doesn't. He's just you can't waiting. even offer sheet Brock Besser. So teams can't do that with him because he hasn't played enough games. So really? yeah, so he can't go anywhere. He can't sign offer oh, sheets because he anyways because he played in the AHL. Right, something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but uh, oh, oh no, because he was hurt his first year. Maybe it was that. Uh, ah, so he's just not, but but he's still probably looking for the same. Like he's going to look at what all right, what's Patrick Line getting? I want the same. Oh, sure. Like well, he's just waiting for comps. I don't know if he wants... Yeah, he's waiting for comps for sure, but I don't know if he's going to... I mean, he's definitely not going to get the same as Patrick Lanik because uh, to me, speaking of... To me, he's the most interesting name on the RFA market left. Um, bec- I mean, so you look at... 
you got guys like Mitch Marner, obviously, Rottenen, who are the big names that we know, the guys that have put up a ton of points. But for me, Liney's the most interesting because while he's still a capable guy who could put up 40 goals any season, he's just so wildly inconsistent and maybe puts up 10 assists a year that you know he's, I mean, from what I've heard, he's demanding close to 10 mil a season. And while the goal total may be there for that kind of money, but the point total itself is like, really? I, I just I scratch my head like why would you want that kind of money and if I'm Winnipeg I'm hoping somebody offers sheets of UK okay give me three first round draft or whatever the compensation is yeah I mean yeah because if he's not willing to sign an offer sheet like uh, like Sebastian Aho right and, and see he's also got to be thinking I want to sign he I, my thought is that he's going to want an eight year oh I imagine he because, would because he's had some inconsistencies you get that eight years even if you end up pulling an Alexander Daig, you're all set for eight years. You know, you're, you're gonna, you'll probably make close to 70 million bucks over those. Oh, easy. Yeah. You know, if you get, sure. if you got eight and a half or so, you'd be at about seven, 70 million. So, uh, yeah, he's, do you think that someone is going to offer sheet him though? There's been a lot of Montreal talk and it just doesn't look like, you know, I think that most of that is just based on the fact that they've already done one. Yeah, I, I think if they're looking to offer sheet anybody, they're going to wait till maybe like, for instance, Toronto, right? They're, they're kind of tied up against the cap. And so you're looking for maybe a team that, like, I, I mean, I, I guess Line A could get offer sheeted, but it would have to be in a situation where, you know, they've already signed Kyle Connor to a deal, right? And now they're, they're crunched for cap space. Right. They don't have right. it. So it's like, oh, we can go in and soup this guy for, you know, if, you know, whatever, how much money. But like, for instance, when you look at a guy like Rottenen or, you know, Braden Point, really, I don't maybe necessarily worry about those guys as much because I know Tampa's going to move some guys around and, you know, Colorado's got a ton of cap space less, left anyway. So they'll get those guys signed. Yeah, and I I think that what some teams are look, like with Line A, I think you're gonna go, if you look at the Jets and you go, all right, they they can't afford both Connor and Line A. All right, let's just let's just say that that's the case or that's their feeling. I think you're in a better position to trade for Line A than you are to offer sheet him because the offer sheet is just too. A, it's very rigid. Like, you are giving up first-round picks. There's no, like, you can negotiate what you end up giving up. So a trade seems to be more likely because you probably need to shed a little bit of cap space, which, you know, you're probably looking at, a like, a, a second-line guy going the other way if you're getting line A, along with maybe a first-round pick and a third-round pick, as opposed to, you know, something you got to think it's going to be less than what than what San Jose gave up for Carlson. I would think so. So, so you're, you're looking not. at like a first round pick, uh, a top six forward and a prospect, maybe like a mid-grade prospect or for a third round a guy pick. who's wildly inconsistent. I wouldn't give that up. So, and then, then here's the other thing yes, too. But do you think that you can grab that guy and turn him in? Like, I mean, we saw him score 40 goals. Sure. Right? Yeah. And I mean, maybe if you're on a team who's been very hard pressed to score goals, like for instance, you know, Arizona, they went out and got Phil Kessel because they just don't score goals. And, but they just can't afford to give up. I mean, A, they can't afford to give up somebody else who. Well, no, no, no. I, I don't think. Build on, I, I'm uh, just using him as an example of yeah. a team like them that needed goal scoring that badly. So. I mean, another thing with with um, you know Patrick Liney is uh, when it comes to an offer sheet, like Sebastian Ajo was uh, a special case because you had a cat 
uh, you had a team that had their internal salary that maybe you were looking to take advantage of that by front loading that bonus money, right? I don't think any of these teams with these big names left are sitting there worrying about money. They're going to go out and just sign it. So you have to sign Patrick Lanning to a ridiculous like 10, 11 million dollars, and at that point you're you know you're you're touching that what four first round draft pick. Yeah, you're and not going to do. You're it. not going to give that up for Patrick Lanning who. You know, while he gives you the goals, you're not getting anything else from him. I'd rather go out and try to offer sheet Kyle Connor, who has been a fantastic top line guy, who has been very consistent with his production. Yeah, I mean, why not offer sheet a Brock Besser, who I think you could probably get for around eight, eight and a half. Yeah, but offer sheet him for five years. Well, you can't offer sheet Brock. Oh, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know why? It's because he played fewer than ten games his first NHL season. No, there you go. That's why. yeah, Kyle Connor, you could, again, you could give him probably probably a similar to Sebastian Ajo. And if you gave him that, and for five years, you would only give up first, second, third. Definitely worth it for Kyle Connor. Also, though, if Winnipeg decides to match, Kyle Connor would be a free agent in five years. So you can go get him. Like, if he's interested in signing with you now, he'll probably be interested in signing with you in five years. These could be some preemptive strikes, which I think Ajo was a little bit. Like they went, all right, hey, we'll sign you, and you know, he he wants to be here maybe in five years when he's a free agent, which isn't that far away, you know. And when all things considered, as opposed to signing a seven or an eight, uh, five years away, the guy's what twenty six. Yeah, yeah. twenty six years old at a UFA. Yeah. So, I mean, I th- I think there is maybe something to to look at and just go. Let's just offer sheet these guys, go in, get them as much, and then if somebody accepts it, great. You know, we'll we'll take any of these players for a first, second, and a third round pick, and if not, then that player will become a free agent in three years. I would just, but I, I don't know if I think Point would sign for less than eight and a half. I think Rantanen might, Kachuk might, McAvoy would. You could get McAvoy. Yeah, he'll. Eight and a half. Yeah, I think McAvoy. You you definitely could get at eight and a half. Um, oh, he's also ineligible for an offer sheet. Right. Which is why he hasn't signed, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Might I mean, well all that. the leverage is in Boston's hand, and I think, you know, they, they're trying to lowball him, which, I mean, rightfully so, most GMs would. Just take a one-year deal, and then you got your uh, – or two-year. Then you can offer sheet. Yeah, or you get arbitration. Okay, uh, let's go UFAs. UFAs, a little bit more play here. Um, Justin Williams, Carolina Hurricanes, we know he might bag – at this point – Kind of not not a lot happening other than we know that he may be back. He may not. I, I think he'll be back. I, I feel do like too. he's going to be tempted to come back. You know, this this should be a, a pretty decent team next year. Uh, Patrick Marlowe has kind of said he only wants to go to San Jose. Uh, probably the same goes for Joe Thornton. Does San Jose sign one, both, or none of them? I think both. I oh. think they're going to try to get him on like one and ones. You know, just, hey, here's, you know, because I mean, they're why, cash Why so. wouldn't you? No, absolutely not. Why wouldn't you? You yeah. just go one and ones, and you go. All right, guys. Look now. I could see Marlowe signing a, a tryout contract. <laughs> a tryout. I, I think he might. Really? Maybe. Interesting. You think he would? I don't know. As I don't I think said so. It, it sounded more ridiculous after I said. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. Uh, I mean, a one and one though. I think you could probably come to some sort of agreement where, like, if it really wasn't working out, just put a bunch of bonuses in and there. You just and... go. You know, hey, we're gonna probably send you down and he goes okay well i'll, I'll just retire I, I still think even with both of those guys he's a good player i mean yeah he's a they're good, still capable for like especially for being a fourth line guy you could also put pat 
I don't think you'd want to put them together. <laughs> That'd be a dreadfully no, slow my, line. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, Marlow still got a little. You bit got of like speed, seventy-eight but... speed if you were playing. Oh goodness, on, uh, NHL. <laughs> Just very slow. Uh, probably the best UFA available is Jake Gardner. Uh, Jake Gardner, I mean, he, he did miss 20 games last year, but still had a, a real nice season. He's consistently a guy who can put up 40 points, capable of probably 50 in the right scenario season. Uh, and I, I think that he wants not quite John Carlson money, maybe that seven and a half, seven million dollars. And my assumption is he's not finding it. And now what does he do? Where yeah. does he sign? Or or the offers he's gotten are from teams he doesn't want to go to. I, it's going to be a situation where he's going to end up signing a one-year prove-it deal like that, you know, hey, all these sweet forwards you're playing with weren't really the reason why you had this decent offensive production. So come over here. Here's one year contract, maybe four or five million dollars, and show me that you can do yeah, it. Yeah, but he's been a he's been off like pr- producing offensively long before these other guys started coming in. I mean, he had thirty points this last year, fifty two, forty three, thirty one. So you know he's he's still been a good a good defenseman. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. I still think he's he's a fine defenseman, and I think a second pairing guy. But um, I think most teams are just or gonna be a like, second pairing guy or. You could drop him like he's a left-handed defenseman, right? So sure. you could drop him in with a guy like let's look at St. Louis. Drop him in with Colton Preco, and suddenly you know he could play on that top pairing if he's with somebody who he can play with. Is very responsible, like, and and just like top six forwards, a lot of times we look at them and it's like there's no first line, right? It's just <laughs> the top six, like that's how it is for defensemen. I think there's a top four, and then you've got your bottom pairing. Ideally, that's what you want. Yeah, usually you've got a couple guys that play 23 to 25 minutes, 21 to 23, and then the other guys are playing 15, 14. (laughs) Maybe there's one guy who's playing 11 if you can. Oh, goodness. If you need him to. Uh, What do you think that he ultimately signs for? Because I'm one. See, I don't think a prove it deal is what he's going to sign. Well, I don't think he wants that, but I think as summer rolls on, the offers are going to dry up and dry up. And I think right now, it's probably a situation, like you said, where he wants too much money, maybe too much term, you know, because he is, what, 29 years old, 28? Um, 28. Okay, yeah. So, you know, a seven-year deal puts him at 35, and maybe for a guy who's not the fastest defenseman. I mean, he's not slow by any means. He's a pretty fast defenseman. Well, I mean, he's pretty he's pretty quick. You think so? I'd say that he's, he's in the top, like, third of... Okay. Well, respect. Okay, yeah, I, I respect that. I don't watch the Maple Leafs as much as you do. Yeah, so I would put him um, there. He was he was probably up there with the Leafs. Maybe probably the best skater at least. Maybe not the fastest, but the best skater. Okay. Very good skater. Um, I will say a team that would look really nice to have him would be the Florida Panthers on a one year deal. But I yeah, I just don't see him taking a one year deal. I, if he's gonna take a one year deal, why not just wait until Toronto's Toronto's figured it out and go, look, I'll sign here for one one more year. But I don't think he's going to take a one-year deal. Like, you're crazy to take a one-year deal. The money you could make taking a deal somewhere else, go play with your buddy Phil Kessel. They, <laughs> they played together in Toronto. That's true. I don't know if they liked each other, but they played together in Toronto. Well, think about this. Arizona is the second highest cap hit in the NHL right now. Not taking into account long-term really? IRs, but yeah, the Golden Knights followed by the, the Coyotes and then the Penguins, which is just hysterical to me. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, Coyotes have spent a little bit of money on that back end, you know, because OEL's contract kicked in. So now that, you know, eats up a little bit of cap there. And so, um, yeah. I could see the Islanders. 
That would be yeah, interesting. They do have the cap space, and and they're, what? you know, they'll probably be able. They could move Johnny Boychuk at some point. They would have to move somebody, I think, because they've got a lot of good-looking young kids like Taves and Scott Mayfield back there. That I think that maybe they're not so high on getting, you know, lowering their ice time per se. Yeah, you'd have so, to be able to get rid of Johnny Boychuk. Yeah, so I think you got to find wiggle room for him somewhere, which would be moving one of those other guys for sure. Um, another team I, I could potentially see him get to um which wouldn't be at all shocking um maybe the anaheim ducks or he and he that's where he actually was traded from when yeah he was uh acquired true. for it what a trade man Fra, uh, that was a francois <laughs> Beauchemin. oh that's right you know, yeah he's got jake gardner and they got joffrey lupel who joffrey lupel was a a pretty darn good player for a little while he just could never stay healthy poor guy poor guy uh, okay, uh, last unrestricted free agent. Well, a couple more. Uh, Cronwall, think he comes back? He's, uh, I don't know. You can flip a coin on that one. Beiserman said he's hoping he comes back. Sure. So I think if he's going to keep going, it'll be in Detroit. Uh, Dion Phaneuf is an interesting one. I I can see him. He may be a guy who has to take a, a PTO. Yeah, a PTO. absolutely. A- along with uh, Along with like Cam Ward, he might have to take a PTO. Go in somewhere. I guess the rest of the the rest of the, uh, the guys on here wouldn't. But I'll, I'll tell you who's one name that it's very interesting to me on the free agent list that hasn't signed yet is Brian Boyle, mm. yeah. a, a guy that I I can't see why maybe every he's, team loves. Yeah, him. why wouldn't you want a guy who wins every faceoff, kills penalties <laughs> like an ace? I mean, he's he would be great your, fourth like, line your guy. Filler guy though. Yeah. You can always. Oh sign yeah, him. for sure. But I'm surprised that one team hasn't gone. You know what? Anyone in this league is going to give him a million bucks. I would give him three Let's years and two mil two. a season. Let's give him two. Yeah. yeah. Easy to bury. Yeah. yeah. But okay. I, I think maybe a lot of teams are probably trying to get him on one year because after this season he's 35 and then that 35-plus contract thing yeah. is a little different. So yeah. who knows? Which which is fine. So you sign him for one year, two and a half. If, you have, like if you're a team that has a little bit of space and you're probably not going to be a playoff team, you go one year, two and a half. You sign him to it. You probably can get... I mean, what did did Nashville get a second round pick for him? They got a second round pick yeah, for him, right? They did, or uh, that's what they paid for him, right? From New yeah, Jersey, yeah, yeah. So you got to think you this year you probably at least get a third round pick for him. So sign him for two and a half, trade him at the deadline, take half his salary. So you basically paid one point two five million for a third round pick or maybe a second round pick, and you trade him off. Yeah, as valuable as like a guy like Patrick Maroon was in the playoffs, you got to yeah. think teams would be itching yeah. to get him in there. Yeah, that's a that's Ooh. a great point. Uh, you know, the other the other thing is that. Ben Hutton, 26 years old, and there's nobody out there knocking on his door. <laughs> this this might be a situation because we've seen it with a lot of free agents where they've been signing for lesser money now uh, than I would have expected this season. That maybe might be a case where a lot of these guys are expecting too much money and teams aren't ponying up like they wanted to. He could go back to Vancouver. Could. He just wasn't given a, given a qualifying offer because I don't think they wanted to give him that 10% raise or whatever it was. So yeah, something like that. He could sign, re-sign with them. And he might. He might. They've got room for him. Yeah. I think they're probably waiting on Besser. And it's just, there's a lot of things hanging out there. It's This has got to be the weirdest offseason. Once I, Marner signs, the dominoes fall, and I think everything else just falls in place just within that's, yeah, that's, m- a month. That's what you think. Yeah, but a, a month is a long time. Yeah, it's <laughs> a long time. But I think, you know, given that we got training camps, you know, in a two, two months. I mean, are so. all these guys going to miss training camp? No. No, I don't think everybody. What it seems like. I wouldn't be surprised if one or two of them missed training camp, but 
Not all of them. That's what it seems like. Okay, uh, shall we fix the NHL now? Let's fix it, because it's broken. Okay, time to uh, put our hard hats on and go to work. Uh, do you have your... So, your top five, do you have them ranked in any particular order, or are they just I five do not. things? Okay, yeah. Same. I can rank them super quick if no, you want no, me no, to, no, but no. no. Uh, I, know, I know you came up with, like, 35 things, and you picked five <laughs> of them. Um, yeah, something like that. I picked five, and I have five. So, that's... <laughs> Uh, why, don't, why don't you throw out your first first one, top of the mind. How are we going to fix the National Hockey League? Before, okay. First of all, talk about what's broken and then how you're going to fix it. What's broken? Okay. Um, I, I, did a, I did a couple. I tried to look at things in terms of what I think would improve the overall image of the game and both what would improve maybe um, the quality of game we see on the ice. Okay. And then, again, to on and off the ice as well in terms of image. So uh, first one I think would be... I'm just throwing. I'm going to throw out a softball one because I think this one would just be hilariously fun to watch, and I think it would be entertaining for everybody, and I think might actually have a long-term effect on the game in terms of players' movement. Um, on the deadline, all the GMs have to meet in one central location to hash out trades. Like mm. they have to sit in a room and talk it out. Like they don't go they anywhere. They do GM meetings over the deadline. Yeah, basically do one where they just all sit in a room and have to hash out trades and. And, and let reporters be there. Absolutely. Put video cameras in there. Let people watch this shit go down. I think I it would be it. awesome and fun to watch. I love it. That's yeah. that, You that can have Kyle Dubas on six cell phones at once that is a going to town. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. And you, I mean, you just hear, you hear these guys talking. You'd be able to see it all. See it all happening. Get crazy with the Have auctioneers up here just going to town with guys like <laughs> just screaming out, sold. Just like yes. with whatever. I don't care. Yes. Just do something to make it entertaining. I'd watch that. It'd yeah. be a lot more entertaining than uh, trade deadline. Oh my gosh. Sitting there just watching that. Where they're like, all right, let's take some. Let's. All it is is Darren Treggers. Every time you see him stare down at his Blackberry, yeah. you're like, what's going on? What's about to happen? Who's getting traded? Yes. Yes. And it's nope, nothing. Uh, mm. No, no. It was just my mom. <laughs> Because the trade deadline has kind of lost its luster from, I mean, back when I, I remember when I was in high school and stuff, tracking that stuff all day, right. all day in school, log, I mean, I didn't have a cell phone that was on the internet, you know, <laughs> no, none of us did. Like Actually, I did. My senior year. 2004? Three? Four? Two. They could get an internet? Yeah. It was terrible quality. I had oh, this yeah, gold yeah. flip phone from Verizon. It oh, was like yeah, the worst yeah. thing ever. Oh, yeah. But I mean, okay, so... Yeah. I would just log on to the computers. Like any chance I got in some <laughs> classroom, I would just, and I just, you're just keep hitting refresh yeah. over and over again. I remember it was like Donald Audette got traded to the Buffalo Sabres from the Atlanta Thrashers. Goodness. At the last minute. That was the big one. My, like, my best friend in high school was a huge Buffalo Sabres fan. I remember, like, dude, he just got down. <laughs> Good times. Um, okay, so yeah, I love that idea. Okay, good. Uh, I'm I'm down. Let's uh, let's do our own version, dude. Okay, I wish we could. Uh, okay, my my first one is not so much a. It's this is a CBA. I am not a big fan of limiting teams on how much they can spend. I think that it's in some ways have has helped the league because okay, you've got this quote-unquote parody i think much of what is said about parody is pretty it's a facade i still think the teams with the money are the teams with the money and you know they, they still have certain advantages they also are the biggest fan bases so what happens when 
these rinky dink teams make the Stanley Cup finals, you don't or like all the big names are out of the playoffs early. It's it's not necessarily who makes it to the finals. It's about these big name teams and big market teams don't make the playoffs or they miss the they they lose in the first round constantly. And I think there is something to be said about there being a couple teams that are a little better than the rest or they have some advantages because of money. That is what it is. I mean, the Yankees, they're usually good, but they're not always good. They, they could still be bad. Yeah. They've had some bad seasons. They still miss the playoffs. So do the Red Sox. And the Red Sox have been pretty good. Well, look, you still, yeah, I know. Well, look, you still have teams that have internal, their internal quote unquote right. caps. Right. So they still don't spend, even though we have this cap. This would be hilarious. Okay. So I can't remember exactly if he was or wasn't, but I'm pretty sure he was. Um, Connor McDavid, he was eligible for an offer sheet, right? Yeah, if he had, I, mean, he, I mean, I would assume well, so yeah, because he, he went right signed. in and started playing, right? If he hadn't signed that extension with, yeah, with Edmonton, right? He signed right? an extension, so there was no... Right, but say he made it there because he knows teams don't have cap space, and so he's like, okay, you know, granted, yes, I'm going to be the highest paid guy, but what if a team like, for instance, the New York Rangers, right? Because they don't have an internal cap. They could spend... But then they're the giving up frick. five first-round draft picks. Don't give a crap. If you... I mean... Who cares? You know how entertaining that would be to get to see a guy like that get an offer sheet because they don't have a there's no cap. Like yeah. okay, let's go offer Connor McDavid twenty million a season. Edmonton probably doesn't have that kind of money to throw around, but we do. Daryl Cates, one of the richest people in Canada. Yeah, find but, a way to get. Time. I, mean, I mean, okay, yeah. So, but I'm I, just I saying, agree. So. I agree. There are certainly there. Are, uh, I'm I'm not shooting down that that thought that thought of like there are right. definitely some smaller teams. They draft a good player. They could get poached. Yeah, Canadians could have gave Aho fifteen million dollars because they have the money to spend. That's true. So. That's true. Um, and also Tom, uh, is it Tom Dundon? Yeah, he's yeah. also a, a freaking billionaire. So he right. Could, well, I mean, he does. He was too, like, but "Do you really think I don't have money?" I know. I, I, that just cracks me back up. Uh, I want a luxury tax. Okay. I want it so if a team wants to spend over the cap, they can. That money goes into the rest of the pool, and frankly, I mean, that just makes the league more money. That makes Everybody, it makes everybody more money. So I think you know. Yeah, if you're profit sharing, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I mean that means that any. I mean, it's just like baseball. Any team that spends over the cap doesn't get any profit sharing, and whatever they spend, they give an extra dollar into a pool, and then all the teams that didn't spend over the cap all share that pool. So everybody's going to make money off those teams spending more than they need to. Yeah, I will say, I think, and you might have been a little spoiled by this growing up, like I was, but um, watching Detroit, right? I, I know you weren't a huge yeah, fan, but yeah. they they spent a crap oh, load yeah. of money, and it, it bought they bought the Stanley Cup in two thousand two. Yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> but you know what? At the same time, the New York Rangers were spending like mad. Oh, absolutely, yeah. and they weren't good at no. that time. They weren't good at all. They were. I think they missed the playoffs a couple of years when they had the the highest team salary in the league. So it's That's not true. like it's not like spending money just automatically says oh you're going to make a ton of money. But I, I do think there should be some some level of like, all right, you know what? Uh, especially these guys that, oh, in Tampa Bay, they can just, oh, yeah, I'll take I'll take eight and a half million because I know I'm going to make the same amount if I were to sign 12 in, in Toronto. Right. Like that puts the certain teams at a disadvantage. So level the playing field in that sense where, hey, you know, there's certain teams should be able to uh, to do a luxury tax or every team should be able to do right. it. They Seattle's about to score because they don't have state tax. Yeah. So they're going to yeah. bank on that if, a little bit, I think. If you want to spend, you should be able to spend. Uh, maybe you just you just find a way 
to no i don't even think you find a way to make it reasonable you just let people spend now do you eliminate the cap floor at this point too you say you can spend as little as you want then i i don't think the players would go for it oh i don't think so either because then so, you're going to get like cheapskate owners yeah get, think, and like an ottawa they're like okay we want to spend a million on every person and that's it so yeah but then you would then your team would be so bad no one would go and you'd get run out of ground i i yeah, think well, there's, there's that's the risk some, you run some limit yeah that's true I, I mean, I'm not opposed to getting rid of the floor because I think that what the floor does is it it just like these stupid things where these teams are dealing for players who they don't play anymore and they're just trying to get to the floor. It's dumb. It's dumb. Just, you know, if a team can't afford to pay, just don't don't make them. Maybe you'd have a more. I, I know the salary cap at the time in like 2004 seems so necessary because all these teams were losing 30 million bucks. You know, if a team's losing 30 million bucks a year and the owner doesn't want to be there anymore, then just say goodbye to the team. I feel like that's what the NBA did. They went, oh, well, that team isn't making any money, so we're going to move them. That's why <laughs> Seattle they, left. And they just went, okay, we're moving teams. And they had, I mean, yeah, it's not great for business to have teams moving all over the place, but maybe they'd find a home with a, with a, a city that is able to sustain a team. I don't think there's anything wrong with going, you know what? It worked for like the Florida Panthers. It's hasn't worked really for 30 years. It's been 30, almost 30 years. Yeah. It's been 20, there. 27 years. I like think 1992, I think was the first year, 93. Something like that. I mean, I think at this point it's fair to say it's just not really working. Well, my this it's year. A joke. If you go to those games, it's literally all the other teams. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, all, they have to be winning massively in order to fill those yeah, seats. Massively. So, yeah. Uh, okay, let's get your second one. Second one. Okay, this one, I, I'm i not sure how it would work out, but I think there would be a great opportunity for the NHL to integrate. Um, my thought process, process is allow the AHL to allow women to play because you look at the, the turmoil right now that the women hockey players are having right now with Canada and all those professional leagues they have with disparity in terms of pay and all that other stuff. And I think with, they don't make as much money, right? <laughs> and I think now with nobody goes to the games, exactly. Do you know that the uh, WNBA? Do you know how much the whole league made last year? I can't imagine more than a couple million bucks. Five million dollars. Okay. How much the league is worth? I'm sorry, that's how much the league is considered to be. That's worth. crazy. The whole league, nothing. LeBron James makes thirty five million. Right. <laughs> the NBA is worth over eight billion dollars. Right. We have some NHL franchises worth a billion dollars. I think a couple. Yes. Of them, yeah, a couple. Probably the Rangers yeah. in Toronto. So, but. I mean, if you're worth $55 million as a league, that's you're only going to get so much money. Right. People that work there. But, but you know, okay, so hey, here, here's my thought process on that's that. That's a lot of money for, that's nothing, like the women's leagues were basically a donation from. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so the NHL has come out and said that, like, hey, we'll support you, but they legally can't do anything because there's all these contracts and legal, uh-huh. you know. But anyways, so. With the game moving the way it is towards like being, you know, less violent, less checking, more speed, more, you know, dangle, I think it would be a great opportunity for a lot of women to, if they allow them to, they will maybe, allow a woman. A woman played they? in the NHL? Uh, well, I say maybe Gold try to, to integrate. Yeah, she did in 93, I think, with Tampa or 94. Game. Yeah. So, and then she got shelled. <laughs> I think she led uh, five goals. I know. Yeah. Uh, create an opportunity for women to play in the AHL. And then that opens up the opportunity, if they're good enough, maybe to come up for a game or two and try out the NHL level and see if we can't integrate them that way. Uh, yep. I know that. I'm I know. all for it. Yeah. I mean, I mean hey, if uh, Haley Wickenheiser is like, she Dude. was the best. She was the best. 
You know, she was good. She was unreal at the time. She was. She actually went and played in a men's league in Sweden. Something like that. She did okay, but she was the best woman, and she was barely an at like an average. Right. And it's not a knock. It just. Bodies are different. No, it's physicality. It has a lot to do with physicality. And I think there probably will be one or two women that maybe be maybe be cool if there was could, a, a but that's the thing. Who's that good? Yeah, was in there. It'd be awesome. So it'd be fun to see. If anybody would do it, it'd be Kyle Dubas. Dude, okay. He's hired all like so many. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. So a lot of women. So he would try it. Um, all right. So women to the NHL. Interesting way to fix it. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Outside the box. I. Uh, Give me your second I'm one. I'm wondering when, when like if at some point there's a like a catching up or like a way to all right how can we like let's make steroids legal for women so that they can compete with men. Wow, I don't know. I, okay. I'm just spitballing here. Uh, my second way to fix the NHL in uh, in the early '90s, there was 20 teams. 16 of them made the playoffs. Here we are. 25 years later and still 16 teams make the playoffs, but we have 60% more teams. 32, we're about to have 32 teams and only half of them make the playoffs as opposed to before 80% of them made the playoffs. Sure. I don't think that 80% is too much. If 80% of the teams made the playoffs, there'd be a lot of bad teams. <laughs> there'd be a lot of bad teams in the playoffs uh, from from this past year. Think about the NFL, though. There's even a less percentage of their teams that make the playoffs. That's true, but the the NFL, it's it just seems different because it's a, a one-off. So, you okay. Know, like, it's just a, a, a one-game. Right. There's no best of, but... So, okay, so you're proposing... There's also only 16 games. <laughs> well, sure, absolutely, yeah. So, you're proposing increase playoffs, the amount of teams. So, do you maybe do, like, the... the like MLB does where they have a best of five series in the first round. Maybe you'd throw in something like that because now by increasing the amount of teams, you're increasing the length of the playoffs and obviously more games for the players. Yeah. I'm thinking you just have like a one game plan. Okay. Uh, now if you, if you increase the playoffs to 80%, like it was in 1992, uh, the Oilers, the ducks, the Canucks, the flyers, they all would have made the playoffs. The Blackhawks, all those teams would have made the play. I think it would be only, it would only be uh, like six, six or seven, seven teams would miss the playoffs wow. right now, if you if you had that. So yeah, so An- Anaheim would have made it, and Edmonton would have made it. The uh, the Rangers would have been just a couple points back of the playoffs. <laughs> just funny to think. Interesting. About. Uh, no, we obviously we don't want that. Yeah. So I, I'm just thinking, like this past year, Montreal was a good team. Sure. They they were. I'd say they were right there with with Carolina most of the year. They they had what was going on. The Florida Panthers would be the other team that would make it. You could make an argument that they didn't really deserve to be there. Like there was there was a, a big disparity. I think this year in the in the East and really in the West. Um, this year is maybe not the best the best year to look at it. No, but even, I mean <laughs> last got, year though, the year before that. But the year before, yeah. when it's very close, it, it makes you go, "Oh man, you know, like the Florida Panthers, they missed the playoffs by a point." Uh, and then in the in the West there was a couple Dallas and St. Louis only missed it by 3. Um, it would have been interesting maybe to expand it or just reformat it. Yeah. Find a way to totally reformat it. I actually think that you could do a like it probably should go back to a more of a one eight, set two seven, reseed it, 
Like, make it easier for those top teams to make it through. Like, there should be a reward. Right now, it doesn't feel like there's a reward for being one of the top teams. And that's another reason, like, if you're a wild card team, I know, you know, this year it doesn't really seem like the Florida Panthers deserve to make the playoffs based on the system we have, of course. But, A, would they have played differently down the stretch knowing that there was a chance they could make the playoffs? You know, what what would that do to these teams playing? In, like, would Philadelphia have gone 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games knowing they're still a chance that they can make the playoffs? Maybe not. Maybe they, you know, find some gusto. But at the end, if you go, we're out, we're 13 points out of the playoffs, we're done, let's not, let's, who cares? Well, I mean, more to your point, too. Now you give an opportunity for guys like, for example, I mean, Connor McDavid, the best player in the world, not being in the playoffs? Yeah. Like, yep. you, you you find a way to, for him to get in there, even if it is only for a couple games. Yep. So, I like that. And I think you just do a one. It's like, just like baseball, a one-off. Yeah. You just make it this winner It would be interesting. All, winner take all, and then that team plays the the top team. And what that does, too, is it makes it so that that top team does have an advantage because the team that they're playing against, they've just gone into a, a war of a one-game playoff. I was going to say, and it would now, be just super entertaining. Now they got to start playing this seven-game series against one of the best teams. And I just don't think you want to have your top seeds eliminated in the first round very often. No, I it's don't. not not a good thing. So, anyways, reformat the playoffs, add some teams, make it a one game playoff. That's my that's my fix. Okay, I I kind of I did have a, a thought about that that whole you know reformatting the playoff thing, uh, which kind of goes into my next one. I think if we're going to reformat add a wild card, I think one way to fix the NHL would be to shorten the NHL season. I think maybe 72, 74 games, I the think. The NBA's talking about this. Yeah. I See, I, I know a lot of teams, they worry about revenue more than anything else when it comes to this, right? The owners do anyways. Yeah. Um, you know, for, from a player's side, it's, it's more or less the injury, the fatigue that comes with playing these 82 games. And, you know, now you, you, you've seen these battles for these last wild card spots now where guys don't get to rest because they're like, no, we got to hold on to the freaking, you know, or even like those number two, three battles. Right. Now you got to play guys where you could maybe rest them a little bit and then come playoff time, right? We want I'd rather see these guys a little bit more healthy come playoff time and then see the best hockey they can produce versus having guys that are playing with, you know, broken ribs because, you know, they right. had to go a little harder the last few games right. and whatever. And from an economic standpoint, 14 teams in the NHL last season averaged 100% capacity. So it's not about the owners are missing out of revenue cuz they're making it like a lot of these teams are. Yeah, but what so, about the teams that aren't? Sure. Well, that, there's that's, that's more. Teams. There's that argument. More teams than there, you know, more teams than not are not selling out all their games. No, absolutely not. I, I I agree, but I think with only, I mean, okay, so say you take eight games off, that's only four games, and you got to think, uh, you know, at yeah, four games is really two home games. No, no, no. I, I think if you do like take off eight games, oh, you're you're eight. missing four home games, four. right? And like maybe what you're missing out on ten million dollars, a revenue maybe for a oh, team. Yeah. Yeah, probably so, not even that much. So yeah, I, I mean it's I don't think they make that big whoop. So that's uh, probably big whoop ten million. Bucks. Sure, no, no, no. I, I get that. <laughs> Depending but. on the team, yeah, they might. But uh, there has to be a way to figure out how to make those games more meaningful. Sure. And now, yeah, you take away some of those games, but maybe you charge more because there's less game. There's like a, you know, there's supply and demand. You make less games, there's more of a demand, so you can raise the yeah, ticket prices. Add three, five bucks on each ticket, and there you go. And you can probably break it up. Interesting, yeah. The, the fact that the NBA is considering that, and the NBA definitely isn't as physically demanding as, uh, <laughs> no. as uh, the NHL. <laughs> the fact that they're considering it 
should cause the NHL to pause. Uh, my third one is, again, something with the CBA. I think the best possible scenario is to eliminate the entry-level contract. Really? Goodbye, entry-level. Hello. Like, hi, I'm Connor McDavid, and I'm coming into the league, and I want my so money now. Jack Hughes comes in and signs for six mil a season. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I want my six-year, six three... For the first three years, don't don't give it this like crazy advantage or sign them to. Hey, that kid wants wants an eight year deal, but has never played a game in the league, and you think they're going to be really good. Yeah, we'll give you eight years for five million, or we'll give you five years for five million. You know, you make it so that maybe that actually ends up benefiting an owner who goes, "Well, you've never played a game before. Like, what do you want?" You know, I I think that you're better off these smaller deals. Uh, or the entry level deals going away and making it up to that player, the owner, the team to go, all right, how much are we valuing this brand new player right now? And I think that you may see less of these RFA struggles later on because these guys are already getting paid. Like, I know they're getting bonus. Some of these guys are getting real good bonuses. Right. Where I you think know, Jack Hughes, so you can make up to like three point three, something yeah, million. Three million. Yeah. But yeah. make it so that. Their base is three million, and they can get another three million in bonuses. Like bonus them out in a different way. Suddenly, these guys, a, I mean, these guys are the lifestyle that you're you're being dropped into isn't one where making seven hundred thousand a year is helpful, <laughs> I guess. But I I just think that it could eliminate some of these tensions later on because they're already getting money. Like. These guys coming out of here, they're like, I just made, and the guys who, like Kyle Connor, or, you know, guys who weren't making as much money in their, or had full bonuses right. in their ELC, you know, they're going, well, now I'm really getting paid because I haven't gotten any money. So then they really want to get paid. They feel like they have to. Well, what if that guy had been making, you know, $5 million for their first few years? Now they're not as, like, oh, it's detrimental that I get my money. Like, if they're good, some of the, some of these guys, their best years are when they're like twenty years old, right? I like well, some of their most productive years, and I don't think you should just get them for free. I think you should pay, and and it would create less problems later on. But I think that's where you also have to have a luxury tax. You have to make it so that those guys. Yeah, I was gonna say on the flip fit. side because you get teams like, for instance, Chicago, who relied heavily on a lot of those entry level contracts to try to be successful when they were strapped against the cap and they were dishing pieces. You need that. So, yep, you need that, or you don't. I mean, you can also go, no, we're not going to give you that. And you could get into these battles with a guy who's 18 years old who has really no leverage. No leverage, yeah. And you make it so they can't get, they can't get offer sheeted or anything. They can sit there and wait for three years and not, you know. Right. <laughs> but okay. I just think the entry level contract is, is cheap. I respect it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, your fourth. My fourth. Um, this is just more or less a, a personal wish, maybe. Um, splitting up the original six again. I miss... I Don't get me wrong. I love the, the Toronto Red Wing battle in the East, but I hate that everybody's in the East right now. I, I understand the travel of it. I understand... Chicago in the East. <laughs> okay, then you put all six all in the six East? <laughs> I mean, technically, I guess you I could mean, they just, make that argument, but... They just are in the East, there's nothing you can do about it. I, well, I, I understand that, but I, I just think it would just be 
more entertaining for if Detroit you know, went back to the yeah, West. Yeah, if Detroit went back to the West, or even if Toronto went back to the West, you know, just to see see these teams a lot more. I think there's just it's for me it's a nostalgia maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't think you're going to convince anybody. No, I don't West. think so either. But <laughs> like I said, travel is the biggest yeah, issue. Well, and, and so. now now you've got Seattle in there too. Although I feel like travel isn't as big of a deal now. Like maybe 25 years ago, travel was a little harder. I feel like travel. Well, yeah, because everybody's easier. got their own private jets now to right. fly these players well, out. And but. you're like, you've got you've got a cell phone. You can do everything you want on it. You can like, I'm sure on some of these private jets, you have. An ability to make phone calls. Like oh, you yeah, absolutely. You want to do, uh, yeah. I, I, I would, I would agree that there could be some restructuring of divisions and conferences. Yeah, I think it would be. It's almost like just a way to shake it up. Just put them all in a hat, shuffle it up, and just pull them out. And what I've you always, get is what you get. I've always been of the, of the side that it should be more like baseball, where it's like, okay, yes, a division is all these teams really close to each other. But then as a conference, you have like, here's this, we have each conference has a, a division. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, you got the Mets on and one West. and the Yankees on another conference, you know. Yeah, there's that. But I, I'm thinking more like, okay, so you have something like a New York, New York and Pittsburgh and New Jersey and like those New York teams. Right. But then you make them in a division with or in a conference with Dallas, Chicago, St. Louis and you ha- and you have maybe three and divisions. Winnipeg or something. Three yeah. divisions, and I mean, once you have once you have uh, thirty two teams. I mean, like the NFL, you can go four, four. Teams yeah, that in would be interesting. Times eight, and then you have your you know maybe a West Coast conference, like West Coast division and an East Coast division in the same conference. So they're still only playing each other maybe an, an extra time each year, but I think it just. It makes it more interesting come playoff time too. You'd start to have these these playoff matches matchups yeah. that are always the same. I know the league likes rivalries, and I like different matchups. I do too. Like, I want to see what happens oh when gosh, Carolina it. plays the Dallas Stars in a random playoff match. Yeah. I want to see what happens. The Detroit Red Wings make it back to the playoffs, but they have to play the not the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> right. This Detroit's different because they were in the West and the East yeah. pretty pretty recently, but <coughs> you catch my drift. Um, Your fourth, my fourth. Uh, I don't want to cap on the amount of years that you can sign a player. Really, I don't go think back to those fourteen-year contracts. Should be there. Uh, I think if you want to sign a guy to a fourteen-year deal, you should be able to do it. And however, I I don't think that. You should like I. Th- I think you're just strapped for it. The guy can't just retire. Like can't if you pull want a to sign to those and... massive deals, you can do it. Like if they wanted to sign Connor McDavid to a 15 year deal, they should be able to do it. But who like a? Why would he want to sign that? I don't know. Like in baseball, they you know Mike Trout signed his uh, what was it 12 year 480 million dollar deal. I think he gets paid 38 million a year. Ridiculous amount years. of money. We we actually calculated it out one time. And it was like, all right, per per day, he makes like ninety seven thousand dollars. Remember, he's not obviously not working every day. Yeah. And if we went, if he works hourly, he's he's making like, in, and we'll say he works eight hours a day or ten hours a day. It was like he's mm-hmm. making what twelve thousand dollars an hour. That's crazy. I mean, crazy twelve thousand an hour. Nuts. Um, but yeah, I just I just think that those again. I'm looking for a way to 
to make the league more interesting. And I think the way to make it more interesting is that, like, if you want to give a guy who's who's thirty five a ten year deal, that's fine. But you should count against your cap the whole time. If you're stupid like that, you're stupid <laughs> like that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I actually had one on my list here that I didn't really wasn't going to plan on talking about, but I actually had one where it was just limiting contracts to maybe four or five years at most. Oh, four or five. Yeah. Oh, no. See, I have an extra one. I'll, I'll just throw out my fifth. Do it. Players over the age of 35 no longer count against the cap. Wow. Okay. So you could That's go interesting. In, so you could go sign a guy like Joe Thornton, and you could pay him what he $10 actually million dollars what he's actually worth. Sure. Like you could you could pay him as he's probably still worth about four million bucks, but a team would probably pay him six because of what he could do in that locker room. A team would probably pay Patrick Marlowe four, five million dollars just because of what he's worth in that locker room. The Leafs would have kept him because they would want to keep him around because he's over thirty five, he wouldn't count against the cap. Those veteran players could keep making their money. And they got you younger guys them, who need to stay at his house. So you make them not count <laughs> against the cap and you also make them not count towards like somehow you make it so that it's it's not counting towards uh the you know whatever it is like there's the 50 50 amount like 50 percent goes to the players 50 right. goes to the owners i don't know you'd have to work out something because that's the cap is based on that um, but yeah, i think the that escrow. You make it so that players over the age of 35 are in their own pool and you can there's there's no cap on how much you can pay them there's no cap on how long you can sign them for. It doesn't count against your cap, but you have to keep paying them. You know, you can't just, or you could buy them. I guess you could make some sort of buyout for them, but it would, it would make certain teams sign a lot of veteran players. Yeah. But you'd have these differently constructed teams. You wouldn't have teams that are built solely on like 26 year olds. You'd have some teams that would go, you know what? Yeah, we're going to pay a bunch of these veterans and we're going to see if we can't make a, make a team out of this for a minute. Wow. Okay. Interesting. That would be interesting because, yeah, I mean, you're, you're shelling out so much money to these younger guys. A lot of times you get these older guys who just get yeah, forgotten about. Get paid. They don't get yeah. paid. And it's not because they're not necessarily worth it. It's because they just can't. Like they're, they can't afford it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Okay. I don't mind that one so much. It or maybe be, you go like they're only worth, like if you pay them five, you're only 50% against two and the, and half on the cap or something like yeah. that. Okay. All right, so my my fifth one, um, w- one of the ones I had on on my my list was introduce the red line back to the NHL. But mm. thinking about that a little bit more, I thought it would be more fun because the NHL is looking to increase goal scoring to remove both blue lines, and now you have a roller hockey style game where you can just be anywhere on the ice at any time. So you you basically eliminate all the zones. Yes. So now you you can have guys sitting at the top of the circle at the other end, and if you have a defenseman like Carlson who can stretch past that good, boom! Now you've got a guy who potentially is wide open to have a breakaway, or you know, or you have a guy who maybe is running down the boards, you know, however fast, you know, he's skating past everybody, but now he's got to worry about slowpoke over here catching up to him on the blue line, you know, or not being ahead he of the play. Have, you never ask. You so don't have to worry about it. Essentially, you want to eliminate offside. Basically, yeah. Say goodbye to offside. Yeah. I don't think the purists. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Yeah, but yeah. what would the game look like if you had that high level skill with the. Uh, would you eliminate icing too? The, uh, you can just fire it down the ice? 
No, I still like icing. It's like arena yeah. football rules for hockey. Yeah, I do hate the. I do hate when teams have the the ability to dump the puck down. I mean, once or twice is fine, but when you start getting, I've seen teams sometimes they'll do it four or five times in a row because that's how they get their their break. They know they can just dump it, um, especially when you're on a poor team that can't win, you know, faceoffs. But I th- I think it would it would definitely increase goal scoring. That's for sure, and that's what the NHL wants. Increase, so. Yeah, I just feel like that maybe changes the way the whole game's played. Oh, sure it does. Now you have to keep a defenseman maybe back. Guys can't pinch up as much anymore. Now you got to strategize a little bit differently depending on if you have a team yeah, that, that, that likes to sit back or a team that throws five guys down like as far as they can go. You know, it's almost like CFL NFL rules. A little bit, yeah. Like you, oh hey, let's eliminate it down and make the field longer. Right. Or wider. Yeah, that yeah, that would that would definitely change it. Uh, I I don't think that I, that feel, there's something that feels wrong about it. <laughs> Some, it just feels wrong. I understand when, when you say the hockey purist, and yeah. like even it felt wrong when I thought about it initially. But I was, okay. But more and more I thought about it, I'm like, well, that would that would do what they want, increase scoring. So. Well, I mean, yeah, you could also put in soccer nets, and it would increase scoring too. But would absolutely, it be as entertaining. I don't <laughs> sure. Would it okay. be as, as now gripping? you're just getting ridiculous. I I do think that there is some level. There, there's there's something that has to change when you think about the speed of the game, and like there's there's got to be something that eventually changes. Of course, you've got people like Eric Lindros running around saying like body checking should be completely eliminated from the game. Well, open ice hitting should be completely eliminated. Uh, I think it'll probably just get a lim- like, it'll probably just get diminished on its own over time. You don't really have to worry about it. I mean, there's wow. how much open ice hitting really is there? It's, there's not a ton, but maybe you just increase like fines and penalties a lot more to where they really should be for you know blindside checking. I, I mean, and stuff I can like see that. fighting being gone at some point. You know, where they go, oh, we don't want fighting anymore, so we're gonna make it a like a game misconduct for fighting instead of a fighting major. Right. And and frankly, you know. I am opposed, but not that strongly. Like, I don't think I'd put up much of a fight if you were like, yeah, I mean, if a guy wants to fight, sure, they can definitely go fight, but they're getting a 10-minute game misconduct. Yeah, I still, I'm still, i still okay with fighting and checking like a fighting, little bit yeah. because, yeah, one, I like to watch it, but two, I think still the players need to have the ability to police the ice a little bit more, I still think. But. Yeah, but in the NFL, the players don't have the ability to police the, the field themselves, and it's just as, if not more physical than hockey. Well, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think you, it's but. just built into the DNA of people that play hockey that, like, we get to fight to control this when really maybe if you just I, – I get it. The NFL, the guys don't have sticks, but maybe right. if you just weren't a freaking idiot with your stick. Like, when you play – like, when we – you know, you actually go out there and play and yeah. you see what some people do with their sticks when they get mad. And oh, you're yeah. like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, just – just kick that guy. Goodbye. You're completely done. You never get to play here again. Like everywhere you go, your name should be on a list that says, "Like screw this guy. He's the worst. He uses a stick like a freaking chainsaw." And so goodbye. He can't play hockey. Yeah, Brad Marchand wouldn't be like, able to play anymore. Be, it shouldn't really shouldn't be that hard. Like why is it that all of a sudden we put a stick in someone's hand and they think it's a freaking sword? Well, I do every time. No, every time I pick up my broom, I think it's a lightsaber. <laughs> Every time I put a towel on, I think I'm a Jedi. So a towel over the head, you know. You ever do that? 
maybe I'm alone in that. Towel. I get out of the shower and I go to dry off my hair and my towel sits over the head, over the shoulders. Oh, and oh okay. Yeah, yeah. You're like a, you've got a, I was thinking like the a turban. Oh, goodness. No. <laughs> it's like, are you Aladdin now or? <laughs> like, like when my fiance dries her hair kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. Exactly. No, exactly. Not at all. Well, NF, NHL, you are fixed. Just follow, follow all of us and you'll have a better league. Or maybe I broke it a little bit, just opening things up, but uh, yeah, I don't you, care. You broke it. Yeah, you broke it. I'll get, uh, I think that between the two of us, well, the CBA is fixed. At the very least. CBA is fixed. Trade deadline's fixed. I mean, you can just play, pay old players as much as you want. There you go. I, I feel like there's something to it. But if you have something that you uh, want to fix the league with, you, know, you have some ideas, we'll pass it along to Gary. And, uh, well, you know, he's, he is always taking new suggestions. He's always taking my he, calls. He loves our suggestions. He does. He really I mean, does. Remember when he, you know, that little trapezoid behind the net? All us. I mean, eliminating yeah. the red line. It's surprising that you're saying that you want to put it back because you were the one who came up with the idea to eliminate <laughs> it in the first place. So, you know, I know the goalies weren't happy with you when you said that their pad should be smaller. but No, they really weren't. And I'm a goalie. They listened. Was not they listened. Uh, you can hit us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. That is the letter O, not a zero. You know, some people say O when they say zero. I've done that once My or twice. My dad does that. He's like O one three four or something. Mike, you mean zero? Yeah, zero. When I write out zeros, I put the little like slash through it. No, do you? You're yes. professional. Yeah, some people think it's weird. Because you're an HR master, I get. I, I still put the the like the cross through the seven like a T kind Dude, of. Thing. I like the so. I like doing the uh, yeah like the half T yeah without the yeah. I just like the way that that looks. It just makes me happy. It does. Look it's good. like a hammer or something. A hook, a hook Ooh. and a hammer. I don't know. Okay, almost like a wrench. I just think of Foo Fighters every time I do that because it looks like they're perfect. On that note, we will uh, we will talk to you guys as as news comes in. We will be here all summer. We'll talk to you guys soon.